Yes. Hey, everybody. It's Richie from the Metal Cell Forums. I'm delighted to welcome Evan, Daniel, and Joe. How are you, lads? Pretty good. All good. All good. Fantastic. And our special guest tonight is H from Dublin Metal Events, aka DME Promotions. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for coming on, my man. No problem. Yeah, there's uh, exciting times hopefully coming in the next few months. And so we're going to talk about that in the other part of the show yeah. after the lads get uh, through a few reviews. And uh, Joe, you were just saying there that your Gamma Bam had an official practice, yeah? Kind of blew all the cobwebs away that have grown over the last two two years of sitting on our arses. So. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I think everybody was going to do something really, you know, so nice having something to look forward to as well, like, you know. You were uh, doing a 20-year anniversary, wasn't it, with DME? <clears throat> yep. Yeah, right? well, we had the shows for the show in November, but obviously, well, mm. Dublin actually probably could yeah, have Yeah, Dublin probably could have went ahead, but, but it was kind of the whole... Yeah, one of those things, isn't it? Like just uh, one, once one domino goes out, then it sort of interferes well, with everything else. This is the know? whole problem at the moment. It's why tours are getting canned, even though the majority of countries on the tours are probably okay. Yeah. It's, this, um, it's the same, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah we do. Um, we do the shows next year anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So. And uh, what's your first gig coming up, Joe? Actually, what's the closest one? Animation now? Festival now in uh, starting November. Ah, ah, yeah. You'll meet Daniel for the first Indeed. time. In person. Yeah, a few, few pints. <laughs> yeah. Warren security it's not a, small few, a small few pints yeah, yeah. a pint of vodka like <laughs> <laughs> the last damnation in Leeds it is isn't it yeah. it's moving next year yeah. yeah it's a serious lineup for it and it's it's cheap out it's like was it like 60 quid and so many bands across four stages in one day like which one the Australia are playing it aren't they there, yeah. Absolute uh, heft and, merchants, like. Yeah, it's pure heft actually. Added. It is, yeah, yeah. It Conan. seems like nothing wrong with it, you know. And have any of you been out? Multitude of heft. <laughs> have any of you been out in Leeds before? It's a fantastic city. No. No. Is it? Oh, yeah. I was yeah, at Damnation Jesus. once years ago, but I yeah. really just saw the venue. Mm, I've went over a few times to watch Leeds United play in Ellen Road. So, oh, okay. Oh, like, it's like Cork City size wise, and just so many bars, so many bars. So. Uh, it's a real student city, really. So, mm. and so it will be cheap as well. Deadly, yeah. No, it's um, combinations not too bad. Getting an Airbnb with like about seven or eight of us, so ah, should be a bit of crack. That's that's clever, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm worn out. Um, you have a few gigs coming up, Bev. What's no, the... we broke up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, we have. Shit. Um, November, the eleventh, yeah, eleventh of November is in the Speakeasy in Belfast. Then the 13th is in Fred's in Cork. Mm. And then we'll have more stuff and news for around that time. Is there a Dublin date? There was, but uh, it just kept getting moved and pushed. So it's just the two okay. dates uh, announced at the moment. Mm. Cool. Okay. All right, lads. So we'll move on anyway to the reviews of songs. So the first band up is A Cursed Monk. Submission again. Shout out to Roger. And uh, this is Ivory Primarch, and it's off their debut album, <laughs> As All Life Burns. So Ivory Primarch is just uh, the brainchild of a songwriter, bassist, Elzevar. And uh, what he just, the information is true, reflecting on solitude, pleasure, misery, excess, loss, space, reality and legacy. Elzevar attempts to explore and bring light feelings of these concepts 
through ivory primarchs, oppressive and funeral dirge-like compositions, flavoured with tinges of sludge and psychedelia. What about that? But the Joe? music lives up to this. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Varador takes the reins on vocals and lyrical arrangement, telling the stories of people, beasts, and places that personify the concepts, ideas, and visions plagued by Elzevar's mind. Uh, as life burns, <laughs> will be released. Like just sits up straight away. He's like, "All right, so uh, <laughs> as life burns, will be released on CD and digital November the fifth, and it can be pre-ordered now. Each pre-order comes with an immediate download of the first single from the album, The Mask, which is what we're going to hear now, and a brand new track called Glean Crawler. But anyway, so this is the Mask. To what I say, because uh, the shifting patterns of things I feel and see around me uh, are—I do not know what part of what reality again. Uh, like this feeling comes over me of uh, almost like the singing of angels.
Okay, Ev, um, over to you first. What do you think? Why would you start with Evan on this one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't fucking like it at all. Um, it, um, it just, it's, it's not left demo stage, like, you know? Um, I'm, I get there's like a style or something in it, like where there's kind of a lo-fi-esque thing, but again, I've, I feel, I'm just fucking repeating myself here, but like that blatantly, um, like program drums thing just, I'm never ever gonna. I, I'm just go. not gonna get it. It's I'm I'm never gonna get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's absolutely not for me. Um, but I like yeah. the start of it, man. I didn't expect it to go in in the way it went, especially with the vocals as well. It, it seemed very promising for me at the start, but um, yeah, certainly sludgy and doomy. Um, Daniel, I I was really excited at the start listening to it. I thought it was going to go kind of nomadic rituals kind of vibe mm. where you'd kind of have something come out of left field that you weren't expecting and be like, oh, that's a hefty cool riff. But it kind of just got very repetitive. I found towards yeah. the end, it was just... Um, so I think from the start of the song, they definitely have potential to to deliver something exciting. It's just, I don't think this song really hit that. Um, it just kind of went on. It was 11 minutes the song was in total, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. Yeah. that to it as well <laughs> yeah it was yeah oh. um, yeah like it's very hard to preview an 11 minute track really isn't it and you know bands who tend to write some very long stuff tend to try and make it very intricate or you know go places now that being said like there was bits of it that were kind of primordially you know and they have long songs and sort of some droney type stuff like that but um, I think what you tend to find is a lot of the you know production and vibe off that sort of stuff is like old school you know like analog kind of 70s buzz and um this as evan was saying sounded very kind of you know made in the lab kind of kind of buzz but sounds yeah. like a cheap little casio drum machine yes yeah. and yeah, it is, it's just yeah. it's just hard to get into something like because suppose if you're if you're yeah. into the lo-fi kind of og sound it's not going to deliver that and you know if you're into a very sort of modern production it's probably a wee bit too it's probably fallen short of both both ends, you know. Yeah, I was thinking here. This is this is going to be really interesting and it's really repetitive um, near the end. Um, but again, people like that stuff, you know. So and like Roger, kind of promotes a lot of bands with a certain sound. He's more or less settled with that kind of style with Curse Monk Records. Would you say? Yeah, it? yeah. He like mm. this is it. He knows his market. Like I'm. Yeah. Like I. Jesus. I, Fucking, I'll support him. I am doesn't. I don't have to like a lot of the music, but mm. like, there obviously is a market for it. I'm just not that market. But fucking fair play to him, you know. I'll say yep. it every week. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Um. So we're kind of not really impressed anyway. So the second band, I'll just give you some speed about them. They're Molly Baron. They're called. Uh, they were formed in Paris in December 2014 by Dublin-born singer-guitarist Gary Kelly and guitarist Stephen Andre. Molly Byrne have swiftly become one of the most talked about bands in the modern metal scene with a groove and a sound that encompasses everything from tech grooves and anthemic metal to multi-layered atmospherics and joint muscular hard rock riffs beyond. The band's eccentric flair always sets them apart from the rest. Right. These are very gung ho press. I was just about to say, like, when you come out with lines like, 
easily one of the most <laughs> talked about bands. Like yeah. the person reading that knows that's a lie. Like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so look, this is from the singer and guitarist himself, Gary. He said, like all musicians, of course, we dream of playing stadiums around the globe. But I can't say there ever was a master plan. We're very aware that there's no easy road to success. Making a living through music is akin to winning the lottery. So we've kept our expectations firmly grounded. But with that said, we do believe in our music and in the right hands with the right sport. It could be taken to a mass audience, but who knows what the future holds. So let's just say currently our modest master plan is world domination. Uh, We'll give this a listen. And it's called Animals by Molly Barron.
voice sort of reminded me of Jello Biafra in places, you know. Um, probably actually mm, more yeah. of a sort of system yes, of a down exactly, thing. Yeah, there's some, like some of the licks were good, good bass playing and stuff. Um, again, it's sort of hard to, like, it's hard to imagine who the target audience is for this kind of thing. Is it just people who are into system of a down and stuff or, or what, like, you know, so seemed to be a bit tacky maybe for the new metal crowd. So, but I don't know. Like I thought uh, certainly your man sounded like an interesting singer, which is like half the battle in my opinion, yeah. you know. Mm. It's got like 20, 25,000 views so far, you know. They've got um their their top song on Spotify is over a million listens. Wow. me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Daniel, Jesus, go on maybe on, I man. was fucking wrong. Maybe are they one of the talked about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a big problem with the lyrics. Um, I thought the lyrics weren't great, and that really irks me when lyrics yeah, aren't they good. Sounded terrible to me. They were not good. Um, yeah, you said I, iPhone screen, and I thought he said iPhone three. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, man, fucking <laughs> iPhone three. Yeah, the lyrics sounded really bad. That's it. Yeah, and that's something that really bothers me is bad lyrics. But um, yeah, look, other than that, it's it's. I thought there was some good riffs in that in it. Um, definitely potential. Mm. I think. Um, there's remnants of like Billy Talent in there as well. Mm. Um, that type of a, a vibe. I got a bit um, of Muse off him as well. Yeah, I yeah. So I can kind of see they could kind of slot in. They could probably like do support for a lot of different bands. But yeah, my thing would be the, the lyrics were just, it was kind of hard to get past mm. for me anyway. He produced it and engineered it himself, uh, Gary. So he's a talented dude. I actually went and Googled to see if that song was and they were live and they played in live at Metal Gates Festival in, in uh, Bucharest in 2019. And they played that song and it was absolutely fucking not perfect. Mm. So they were a serious, seriously good band live as well, you know. Um, F? Yeah, I think it's very obvious that they're very um, accomplished musicians, like they're very good. Um, at their craft. I think they're great um, songwriters. The lyrics were definitely like a bit on the cringe side now, but you know, um, that's, that doesn't really matter. But I think, yeah, I, again, I'd have no doubt that they'd be a very tight live band. Um, wasn't something I would actually sit and listen to, but I'd have a lot of respect for them now. They're, they're tied at what they do, you know, and they're, yeah. I think they're, they seem to, cause I listened to one or two other things, and they seem to be kind of willing to try different things production-wise and with their songwriting. Like mm. it's, 
their songs aren't very just, you know, A, B, A, C, yeah. B kind of thing. Like, yeah, they're clever as well. So, like, yeah, they've, yeah, they've they got good, right. good hooks in, in yeah. a lot of the songs. So, yeah, okay, that's cool. Uh, the next band uh, we all know, Rest of Nation, and the track is Act Three. Uh, so the band commented about it. It's a full embrace of progressive rock with similarities to Tool, Macedon and Gojira. The music is dark and a foreboding experience that grows with intensity to an explosive finish. Andy Pilkington actually is the guy who did the video for this. And it's actually, I really like the video. So the song is one of their darkest releases to date with themes of internet culture and the decay of human society. The lyrical team explores a constant stream of hate and self-righteousness expressed on the internet. The art of discussion and conversation is now dead because of online culture. You chase those thumbs, hearts and likes to receive a gambler's high. We were once a high society of intellects, but now we are reducing ourselves to smashing buttons on a machine. We'll give it a spin.
actually love that line. We started off with Shakespeare, now we're monkeys fucking laptops. Ah, <laughs> oh, lads. Joe? Um, something that sounded a wee bit like Latter-day Marilyn Manson, you know? There's a wee bit of that kind of electro-y mm. sort of Gary Newman influence in it, but well, it certainly wouldn't be the kind of thing that I would listen to or, you know, like I sort of find sometimes... Like I love protest music and Bob Dylan and all that sort of stuff, but something annoying about like and we my band do it as well, like having too many songs about commenting on, you know, what's going on in society at the minute. And like a lot of it tends to be like there's a new Exodus song out called Clickbait and I thought that the lyrics were crap, like, you know, really on Exodusy, you know. Yeah. So but I don't know, maybe that's just my personal yeah, I, I... personal look on it, but it didn't really speak to me that tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a difficult number to to like, but I mean, fair play to them for releasing it. And they're they're definitely a diverse uh, bunch of guys in the band, so you're going to get electric songs like this, uh, Daniel. I fucking loved mm. it. Um, I thought it was great. And I know we didn't play it in the preview there, but the outro is amazing. It's really really cool. Yeah. Um, but I suppose their influences, as I said, was Mastodon and Tool, and they're two of my favorite bands. So. Um, the music spoke to me, man. It spoke to me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Dev. Yeah. Uh, I think I genuinely th- thought that Joe was going to take a thought out of my head there. Um, uh, I think the whole thing, and I've, I you see it so much, um, is the argument of like people obsessed with chasing likes and being obsessed with the internet and stuff, and it always falls a little flat to me when it's gone up on the internet for a song that's looking for interaction and like there I, I for some reason that just every time I see someone giving out about the internet on the internet I'm like fucking hell like but uh, yeah you could definitely hear the kind of a perfect circle um kind of influence I think you can kind of hear that on um a lot of their stuff but this is probably just me being a fucking grumpy old prick but something about that argument of the internet people arguing about the internet on the internet while looking for the things that they're arguing about just fucking i have glass eyes like can't see past that for some reason like i just i want to hear a different protest song now at this stage like but fair play to the lads you know it wouldn't be my favorite track of theirs but they're a good they're a great band yeah Mm. it sounded very professional very like tool though but uh yeah i would agree to again the lyrics yeah, you got to be a little bit more subtle. I mean, the lyrics just sounded bad, like the previous song. There's a nuance in trying to find the meaning behind something. There's, like there's been yeah, too blunt yeah. with lyrics, you know. It's like so. Shout out to yeah. Bonnie, Timmy, Chris, and the lads in Rise of Nation. I'm actually wearing their T-shirt tonight, which wasn't. Is Tony doing but... vocals on that? Is that Tony? No, I think it's Bonnie. <laughs> Is that the lad who's on the front of the T-shirt? I didn't sound Reggie? like Tony. All right, I think so. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, you know, it sounded good for what it is. But uh. anyway, next song, Vendetta Love, Blackened Hearts. So, hailing from Leash, Vendetta Love formed in 2014. They specialize in the type of hard rock that most believed was long gone, dead, and buried. Not only have they proved people wrong, but their heartfelt approach to songwriting has caught the attention of tastemakers around the globe, thanks to their fantastic single, Witches and Thieves. Blackened, <laughs> blackened hands. I can see the lips. There. Sober, emotionally charged composition that is brimming with melody and pulsating strength. Speaking of the track, 
vocalist and guitar Sean commented, lyrically that song is, to put simply, a recognition and a release of some very fucking long-held pain and trauma that had to get out of me. This is Vendetta Love and Blackened Hands.
Riffs in this I thought were really good. Uh, pet peeve of mine is singing in American accents, like especially if you're from <laughs> Leash, like you know. Um, so, like aside from that, like sometimes your man did a pretty good kind of Lean Staley voice, you know, and they had some riffs to back it up. Uh, the production did sound nice and real, if sort of low budgety. So, you know, um, like definitely pr- probably be- best riffs so far, like in terms of listenable. Nothing that's gonna poke me in the ear too annoyingly like you know that song actually would be a really nice to see uh, in a live setting yeah see how actually good a singer he is because uh i think any fucking song in a live setting would be we're nearly certain. there stop complaining <laughs> at this stage <laughs> yeah i really enjoyed it um I, I've been saying this for a while. I, I think there might be a bit of a market for a grunge band in, in Ireland. So um, I think yeah, um, possibly. De- definitely interested to see if he can pull that off live because it sounds last. Um, but yeah, I like to hear more of them now. All right. Mm. Didn't know two they... nice guitar solos in it as well. It was. Yeah, I thought it was it was catchy. It was it sounded painful, man, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Thumbs up for me anyway. Okay. Yeah, I definitely got the kind of Alison Chains thing. I think the vocals, um, his ability is what stands out uh, the most in that track. Um, I'd love to hear, like, because it was very, like, one tempo, the same, like, you know, slower kind of thing. But I'd love to hear, like, a, like maybe, like, a faster kind of damn that river kind of chuggier riff with, with his voice. Mm-hmm. I think that could come across really well, like. 
Uh, they released another one I checked out, which is in Thieves, and it was uh, hilarious. It was actually videoed in a caravan. Um, and it was, yeah, they were kind of came across more poison-ish than grungy with that one. Uh, so it's a, it's a bit strange, like, but... Yeah, uh, would that kind of music appeal to H? Actually quite like that, yeah. Sounded mm. pretty decent. It reminded me a little bit of, you know, that band Live... Oh yeah, I alone you. I yes, yeah. Alone, yeah, yeah. I tried to think of another singer as well that he. Fucking... <clears throat> yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not sure if the vocals really reminded me of them more so the music, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounded. I mean, it sounded like some pretty good hard rock, probably. You know, yeah. nothing majorly special, but the. There could be good... a market for it, as you said, Daniel. Yeah, I, I, I always now. thought they were more glammy, actually. Mm. But that could be completely my misunderstanding. Maybe yeah, it's the name. Said, but uh, yeah, it sounded pretty decent, actually. Quite the like Death of Love, yeah. That's a kind of strange one. Right? Yeah, yeah, it is a very good. glam name, all right? Yeah, it I is thought a they glam were, name. I thought they were more like that, but uh, yeah, it sounded mm. decent. Well, the, as I said, Witches and Thieves came across that way, you know, so. Right, um, okay. Maybe they are foot in two or three different markets uh, for fans. <laughs> anyway, the... Works. The last band are called Simpulse. Uh, they're a band from Razadan in Russia. They've been playing modern metal music since 2008. Russia has a very difficult financial situation and heavy music is almost eradicated. Everything is based on the enthusiasm of bands that play metal. Everything is done completely on their own, uh, shooting, the editing, etc. Um, I got that submission from Vidal, the manager of Simpulse. So the name of the track is Infinity Around.
Okay, Ed, over to you for this. Uh, yeah, I think they're definitely that kind of like um, trivium kind of vibe. I think they would do um, they would do very well with like you know a younger kind of Kerrang um, crowd. You know what I mean? They're definitely very um, accomplished in their songwriting. They know what they're doing. Um, wouldn't be something that I listen to, um, but I respect it. Like you know, um, vocal vocalists like his. Uh, his heavy vocals sound great, you know. Um, uh, again, wouldn't be something that I'd listen to, but there is definitely um, a market for that. I think like a younger crowd, again, would yeah. be all over that, like that kind of trivium kind of vibe. I think they they, they could do very well. Yeah, for, for a band that's self-produced, everything got 10,000 mm. views so far, the video. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Joe? I'm not surprised. It's popular. Like it does sound, sound like a kind of, sort of thing that like people nowadays would like but it wouldn't really be my thing at all like and i i don't know did they have two two vocalists do they or is it one no just one just one guy um yeah i don't know man like it's it's it would be so far away uh, removed from anything that i would be into in terms of even production that i would struggle to say anything remotely positive about it so i'm not gonna say anything at all (laughs) (laughs) can i just quote lyrics right because i like he actually delivered these lines and I just went, how the fuck is he able to actually put this in? <laughs> but he fitted them in and uh, the lyrics are, it's like I died and went to the post-mortem. Neuron-induced hallucination commonly mistaken as a reality woven from threads of lies. The false lost freedom in your mind makes you think you were unique, but you're breathing in a modern fate like it's a drug cam in yourself with a cloned identity. <laughs> wow. Classic. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hell, Use Google oh. Translate, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the source yeah. already. Ah, uh, Danielle. Um, yeah, I think like this kind of sound like a band I would have loved when I was like 16 and that, and big the kind of MySpace yeah, band. Kind yeah, of thing. That kind of thing. Um but yeah, no, I, I do think there's mark and the fact that it's self-produced is really impressive. Um, but yeah, as you said, Evan kind of Krang kind of um peeps would be into that and yeah I could definitely see him supporting like Trivium or kind of with the Black Veil Brides kind of crew mm. as well um, I think they go down very well but um, it wouldn't be something I'd listen to now um, but yeah 16 year old me is probably like screaming yeah. so. Do you think it's a difficult yeah. uh, country to break out of as a band uh, for metal music Russia any, any thoughts on that? Oh I'd say so definitely yeah yeah, sure. How many Russian bands can you name? Like, there's that one, so. the guy where he wrestles the fucking bear. What's that band again? He's Alex something. His vocals are ridiculous. What is the name of that band? It's not Brutality Show. Oh, uh, H, you know the one I'm talking about. Yes, he, like, do. his vocals are ridiculous. I saw a video of him on, like, Alex, so terrible as the guy's that's name. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I saw a video... Is it Brutality Shall like, Prevail? Is that that's the one, yeah, yeah. But I he saw has a, a huge YouTube channel, that guy. Massive, yeah. yeah. I saw a video of him on, like, almost the uh, the Russian version of the Late Late Show. <laughs> and, like, they, they, he's, he's sitting, he's talking away to them. Like, you can tell, like, none of them have listened to anything heavy because even the jokes that they're making are just the most mammy and daddy jokes at a fucking christening kind of thing ever. <laughs> But he just starts doing his vocals and like even I was like, holy fucking shit, this lad's insane. And he wrestles bears. Yeah, I thought there was a big black metal kind of death metal scene in Russia for some reason. 
But are you like breaking out of mm. Russia? Like we don't know that many, considering there's a population of like 140 million yeah. there. Yeah, there's a big audience, a but I'm not sure if there's Russia. many actual bands there or not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. this place, Helen yeah. Baylor, went over. All right. Um, yeah. Was that, it wasn't Biker Buckins that Baylor. did that. I can't remember who did that now, but you know, I remember the lads in this place, Hell, were saying that like when they went over, um, people were just so happy to see any band come over, you know, and play that they were like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's that's the end of the reviews, lads. Thanks for doing that. And uh, <coughs> we'll go over to H now. No. Looking forward to this, man. Um, so what are we expecting in the next few months? Um, are you, like, they seem to be struggling up in Northern Ireland. Shout out to James with uh, mm-hmm. Distortion Project. They don't seem to be getting any traction in relation to gigs over the next... Yeah, we thought they were ahead of us as well. Yeah, we did. Know? Yeah, they yeah. were at one point, yeah, so it's a bit... It's a bit awkward because an awful lot of stuff coming over, you know, I booked for both cities. Mm. So, I mean, there's not really going to be much this year. Um, That's the simple fact, really. I mean, it's nearly all the tours are, I think nearly everything's going to end up postponed to next year because the problem is it's not just, you know, most of the tours need all of Europe on the same page. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Joe knows. Bands can't afford to go out and even have two or three shows not happen. That's true. Yeah, destroyed yeah. financially. And I mean, that's the case for bands at level, you know, at pretty high levels, even. Mm. You know, a lot of these tours, even bands that people would think are making fortunes, a lot of these tours are on financial knife edges, you know? Mm. Um, so there's an awful lot of them going to have to wait until they're absolutely sure every show on a tour can happen. It's a lot to risk as well, you know, yeah. especially when a lot of these bands are going out for for months at a time that missing, like, like we'll say if one country can't do it, that well, could be, uh, that's that could be 10 gigs gone. And well, certainly like, if it was Germany, yeah. yeah <laughs> Most like European tours are half Germany and half the rest of Europe. So. This is it. <laughs> so like, you know, and then even like coming over to Ireland in the first place, um, you know, there's actually the whole thing of getting over here more more than likely maybe from the UK or like coming over just here. That's like they'd have to be looking for an insane amount to make that worth it rather uh, I mean, than just coming over. You know, that's nothing new really. That's mm. just that's just life on an island, yeah. you know, there's always I suppose part of the thing is like um like a lot of the lot of tours that get cancelled and stuff, even though you can ensure, you know, your flights and a whole bunch of stuff like that, there's a whole lot of things that you can't, yeah. you know, and like frequently things like ferries or even just putting down deposits for drivers mm-hmm. and vans and stuff like that is all totally non-refundable. So, you know, it can, as you were saying, H, like it, it, it's easy for something to just all of a sudden go, you know, out of profit very, yeah. very quickly, you know. That's the thing. Uh, even, you know, man, the majority of costs for a band on a tour right at the beginning, especially getting all the merch printed and everything. Mm-hmm. If things go wrong quite near the start, I mean, tons of bands lost fortunes when COVID all kicked off because if their tour was just in the first week, say, of a month's tour, they're left with yeah. boxes, trailers boxes. full of merch yeah. and everything that cost thousands to get done that they have no use for anymore. So it's just... Uh, yeah, it's difficult, but you know. 
So, like, I mean, you had probably had dates uh, backing up from 2020, HB. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got some shows I've lost count of which number mm-hmm. of date it's on at this stage. Um, because some agents, some were, you know, let's postpone for a year, which obviously is a bit safer, even though that didn't work out either. But some were like, oh, let's just go three months at a time and stuff, which is... That's just so, a chopping and change. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's stuff just backed up on top of each other now. So assuming everything gets going again next year, it's going to be yeah. incredibly busy. Um, having said that, the only thing is a lot of bands that were planning on maybe scheduling a new tour for 2022 are now leaving it till 23 because there's no venues available. Mm. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, it's, but it's just become increasingly more difficult as it's gone along because venue diaries are just getting busier and busier as more tours postpone yeah. and everything pushes back. And and new tours get scheduled. So it's just... And we're not over-blessed um, with venues here anyway. No. For certain size bands as well, yeah. you know, like you're, you're quite limited and mm-hmm. how many they can play on a small island. Like there's no point in a big band doing five or six gigs no, you know when you're kind of overlapping at that no. stage no there's no point in that financially that must be very difficult though hitch in terms of you know whenever the ambassador was there I suppose the ambassador and you know the olympia are sort of fairly similar capacity so you could book a band in but if the olympia is booked up like or vicar street's booked up where, where do you go well like, that's not, why i started trying to use that national places. stadium place mm. You know, yeah. yeah, okay, it's it's not perfect, but it's workable. You know, it worked all right for the Testament thing just before everything fell apart. But yeah, it's, I mean, Olympia and Vicar Street, for example, you can forget getting a date there for oh. until 2023 now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's like- insane, you know, even Academy, everything. It's just, yeah, it's unfortunately, and that's why... They're just bands now. They're planning tours earlier and earlier now to try and get the venues on the dates they want. Like I have a good few tours already penciled in for 2023 because they're all just thinking we need to get in extra extra early now to try and get dates. So it's it's going to have a knock on effect for a few years. Do you think maybe there be there could be more festivals happen now because of this in Ireland or just generally? Yeah, maybe in Ireland. Remember uh, we had sunstroke, sunstroke and yeah. that, that went tits up, obviously. But I mean, yeah. is it feasible then? We'll say for someone like yourself, maybe to get get um, get maybe in touch with James and have a, have a, a festival somewhere outside of Dublin. Yeah, it's something I've always shied away from. Okay. Just never looks financially sensible to me. Right. There's a lot to take on as well. Like, yeah. I mean, even though the demand would be there, say for example, that you can't get it into the city, but the demand would be there um, for people maybe to travel, say out to I don't know, Kildare well, or somewhere like that. You have to be sure it would be there. I mean, you know, there's been things attempted here before that have flopped. It's you know, like the costs to get to put on a proper big festival, the costs to get the bands to Ireland were not mainland Europe. And then, you know, a lot, a lot of those festivals in Belgium, Germany, Holland and everything, people are just driving across from the various yeah. countries to them and everything. Nobody's going to come to Ireland during the summer for a festival from another country. Why would they? When Europe is full of them and, you know, 
cheaper and all those different things. I'm not sure if you're going to suddenly see a lot of festivals now. Okay, no, I just said it. I just don't see it. I mean, it's, you know, you see, you know what it's like. There's two and three big metal festivals every weekend, uh, all during summer in Europe, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, I can see maybe they'll try and do the sunstroke thing again. But generally, you know, you try and do it around download and get some of the bands over. But, well, that's seemingly what they kind of did. Like, that's how they got um, Deftones, really, because they were doing yeah. download and stuff. Because that's, the, you know, if, if download gets announced <laughs> and something in Ireland is, that's where you're kind of looking to see, right, will these come over here? That's the time that you know they'll, they might make it over. Yeah, like, it's the only way, really, to make mm. it possible um mm. but, that's what happened with uh said john's ca- or john's castle went with the man of martin Bennett. yeah mm. they were both just looking to kind of because they had that and then they had download and then they had hellfest kind of a few days later so they were looking just to fill it day really so so yeah that's um, why you end up with a crappy monday night here <laughs> because they're doing you know they're doing the festivals at the weekends and then just trying to fill days in mm. people don't even know about what day it is like <laughs> What was that like for you? I mean, it was a cool show, but I mean, financially, it was nothing, you know, to write home about. The costs mm. involved are insane, and it didn't even sell out, you know. Yeah, that was that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's mad, yeah. isn't it? When you I look mean, at the was... amount of marks, like I mean, like they were playing in the Krushkin lawn. I was in the Krushkin yeah, lawn watching them. Like right, it's, it's, it's yeah, fucking incredible to. Both bands, it's crazy how big they are now. But uh, no, listen, it was a great event, and I mean, it was a super show, and it was great to have them over and be able to do their full productions with the pyro and all that stuff Mm. that you can't do unless you're in the arena. But you know, you're talking about the festivals. Even that was really difficult to make work financially. Yeah, and I mean, the bands did it for. I would imagine both those bands lost money doing that show. You know, yeah. because the costs on this end were just so high. So oh, it's yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, remember they were to uh, announce the Sunstroke mm. thing last year. Wasn't it Faith No More headline one day and then the Deftones headline mm-hmm. the yeah. other day? So I could see how the Faith No More could definitely pull like six or seven thousand people into a field. But you know, if Deftones are paying to two thousand people in Dublin, do you think? Like, could would they got the same turnout for the second day of it? Do you think, or it's a pretty strong lineup? Didn't yeah, they have Gajira so. that night too? Yeah, Gajira were involved as well. Or yeah. Bitchery or something like that, wasn't it? Like, but Deftones are big enough now that they're they're headlining a day of mm. Hellfest, and they had a three arena gig that so I, I don't know how well it sold. But they nights, were playing. Am I wrong now? Two nights in Vicker Street. Did two nights? No, they? that was that was in that was in Vicker Street. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, a few yeah, years ago, but they were. They were supposed to play um, last year in Three Arena, mm. but it got cancelled and they didn't reschedule. I still have my ticket actually just down here. Um, but yeah, no, I think Deftones would have pulled a good crowd. Um, they're big in the noughties and I think a lot of people would kind of... Oh, yeah, and then I think with a thing like that, you yeah. know, they hope a lot of people will just go for the event and everything as well, you know. Supposedly. I think a lot of people were just because um, Sunstroke, because it was a metal festival. And camping as well, mm. you know, like I I would have been at it, you know, love Deftones, but yeah. there was, regardless really of who was playing, I would have gone um, because it was a metal festival 
Yeah. And I would like to have seen it and have it a regular thing and, and grow, you know, so I yeah. was whatever way I could have supported that. Plus the scratch we're playing, that'd be unreal. Like. I suppose as well, though, it's kind of like there's some people who will go to Hellfest every year. There's people who go to Grass Pop every year, download every year from Ireland. And if you throw an Irish festival into it, are they going to say, ah, no, I won't bother going to Hellfest this year. I'm going to go to the Irish festival instead. Or are they just going to go, uh, I have my ticket for Hellfest already. Will I get yeah. this ticket as well? Do you know, you're kind of, you're actually, even though it's in Ireland, you're still competing that's exactly for it, Irish you know, people that's was, with other festivals yeah, as that's well. Like, so. I was talking about earlier, saying but the number of festivals, I mean, something like Hellfest sells yeah. out in hours before they even announce the lineup. Yeah, yeah. Vacan's the same. Yeah. It's sold out before they announce a band. Yeah. But then again, a lot of, a lot of metlers in Ireland don't tend to travel. Um, mm. a lot of them I, like, I'd love so, to see it I'd love to yeah, see it or they like, can't really afford would. to travel to Europe to yeah. fucking see bands so you would have you would have still got a catch <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I think it would have done pretty well I, I, yeah. I imagine they'll try it again but I heard I think... somewhere it's it's just dead in the water and I can't I heard that it, that it's just like you know that the first time that it was going on was going to be a very it was I don't think they had it planned to do a definite, like, it'll be an annual thing. It was just, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I, from what I remember hearing, COVID just kind of fucking took the window <laughs> of the sales completely. Like, and there, there hasn't really, I, I'm hopefully I'm wrong now. Like, hopefully yeah, I think they might changed, try it again you know? down the line, I, but it's, I'd certainly, like they try it again. it's certainly not going to be next year or anything. No, no, no. They would have announced it already. Yeah. And like, there's no point in adding unnecessary risks right now. Yeah, I mean, the Clang Festival got the National Stadium. You were talking about that, H, and um, National Stadium. Mm. Um, so, like, Candlemas, uh, who else? Uh, Corner, Corner. Green Lung and stuff. So, we'd Rob on the show there. He was he was just confident enough that it was going to go ahead, but when he was is quite prepared to, to lose money. What? When is that supposed to be now? Is it June? May. May, May, yeah, 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 so... So yeah, again, people will be looking to that and see how that goes, you know. Um, I hope it does well, but I was watching that podcast and I was like, the place could be up in flames and he'd, he'd tell you, no, we have plenty of water, it's fine. Like, you know, he was he was going to tell you it's happening regardless. He's, he seemed yeah. like a good salesman. He seemed like yeah. a nice guy now. Like, it's a pretty that. big venue for that lineup, mm. but, you know. Mm. Yeah, because... I think it's a bit of a classic, classic buzz of booking your favourite band type crack like you know it's like I love Corner um, but you know I, I don't know if they're like it, it would nearly be like hey, you're a big yeah. forbidden fan like but you wouldn't imagine that they're going to be able to sell out no, the bottom factory no like or would. whatever you know no, I don't think mm. I think if Corner did a Dublin headline show you'd do maybe 300 tickets mm. or I can't be about the same hey, Trimble, yeah but hey listen it's not for me to talk about other people's shows. So. Oh, I know that. I'm not putting you on the spot. No, 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 no I know. I just no, don't I, want I'm to. putting you on the spot. No, I don't <laughs> want to come across like I'm. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, but like, I mean, the, traditionally, the the bands that uh, you get in are, um, for example, for the Voodoo. There, like, I mean, you're looking at the likes of Sodom, Destruction, mm. Overkill. Now we're coming back again. Um, are Overkill playing the Academy? Overkill's Pages, always it? Academy, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Overkill does well, you know, they'll always do like 800 or so. Yeah. I'm one of the best frontmen in the business as well. Yeah. Bobby. Yeah. I think um, with all this, like I know 
having like the bigger bands come to Ireland because there's so much more moving factors. I think a lot of people are kind of like, I think we're already like have it naturally built in that we're like, okay, that will be maybe 2022. And a lot of us are kind of aware that it will be 2023. But I think now seeing that there's Irish bands, like local bands being able to start announcing shows, like having um, the Siege of Limerick come up, like, you know, um, having things that don't have to be, you know, the really, the high up thing, like just to be able to see Irish bands in venues starting to do things again. I can imagine uh, maybe because um, for the rest of the year now, the bigger bands aren't going to be playing, that there'll be people that might have only just gotten into heavier music like you know some of the gigs at the end of this year like the siege could be some people's first ever gig do you know what i mean yeah. and that that would be amazing to see that even after this if um if you can start getting people into you know local venues going seeing local bands and that will you know well, grow a great a chance itself, for local you know? bands to do shows and it, have yeah, a captive yeah. audience yeah. yeah this is it like you could fucking have a lad farting through a walkie-talkie now 10 yeah. bucks. I mean, I think there might be a couple of touring shows will survive this year for November and December, but uh, it's really a size thing, I think. Like, you know, like the bigger ones now, I think they were the ones that will suffer for now, but you, you'll probably get like a few smaller bands that'll be able to, to do something. I'm just fucking delighted to see um, John and uh, Kieran, you know, with Bad Rep having uh, been able to put up a siege. Yeah. Do you know? Um, stuff like that is really genuinely like that's that's what I'm most excited about because those kind of shows are what I would go to regularly you know like that kind of level like the bigger ones they're great but like on a you know I might go to 10 of a of of a normal size I'll say normal size whatever before I got I managed to get to a, a bigger one you know what I mean so at least we're kind of moving in that direction where it is Things are starting to yeah, happen. Listen, this is positive signs, you know. That's all we can ask for at this stage. Yeah, and what are you looking at now, H, in relation to uh, venues? There is it. You're going to be still working with Voodoo predominantly. <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd say I work with Voodoo predominantly. I think probably I'd say I almost use Academy most. Mm. Um, it just depends on the band, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got a few. I've got a couple in Vicar Street that are going to announce soon for next year. Um, then there's Meshuggah and the Behemoth thing are in Olympia next mm. year. Um, then there's a good few in Academy. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's just it completely depends on the size of the tours, really. Yeah. Um, Voodoo's fine for the small bands. Mm. Um, apart from yeah. people moan about it, but you know. I'm sure you they say the same about fucking um, everything Fred Zeppelin but I think yeah, um, a lot of those mourners will be fucking snapping at the bit to fucking get back to something anyway so that's yeah. it yeah yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah until like maybe until they get used to the fucking gigs again yeah, what's the, like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a slick yeah. list it's like every, they can go back to giving out about it's it it's like yeah. everything we all have short memories once we get you know, back to anyway normal. We're back to moaning just like before. Oh yeah, yeah. We're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Charge Do an extra fiver for if you're going to be moaning, like yeah. yeah I think moan more or less, tax, like 
more or less um, the old vaccine passport um, thing as well. Um, more or less everybody has them now, haven't they? Really? Well, they've said they're not going to have that in force after, after the, the October date anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So if they stick with that, then that won't be an issue. They said if they got to the over 90% figure that they won't be in force. So that's a question keeps getting asked on the DME pages, but it's like, I don't know. Read the news. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cause they actually go to H before they announce it. Like they, <laughs> so I haven't, yeah. Yeah. haven't like, been speaking to Leo and me yeah, today, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> Leo, you haven't called me in two days. What's going yeah, on? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He's busy. He was at a festival, you know, <laughs> yeah, brutality will prevail. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I think, uh, Hitch, could you ever see the country opening up a little bit more in terms of the circuit? You know, like back in the day, some bands, like if you look at like Lizzie or those sort of bands, tour schedules, they'd be going to Derry or Cork or things like that. Or is it just too much of a roll of the dice if you'll get a turnout? Yeah, I just think the money they need for the show, it's like the max really is three shows really Belfast, Dublin, and then I guess one of either Limerick or Cork. Yeah. Mm. It's certainly for metal at least. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. And even, even the three sometimes is pushing it, but uh, I don't really see it going beyond that, to be honest, Joe, you know, it's yourself. For like, somewhere like, um, for like uh, Scotland, like, you know, yeah, it's exactly. Gla- like yeah, they do Glasgow and sometimes you'll see that in like Edinburgh, maybe. Yeah, but beyond that, it's you know extremely rare. So yeah, three nights in Aberdeen, like yeah, it's it's the same thing really. Plus, you know, you need the venues as well. I think is there some sort of Brucey Brexit bonus why Maiden are playing Belfast again then instead of? Instead <laughs> I don't of know what that's all about. Yeah, <laughs> come down to Dublin. They, they, they might get to play two songs off that new album in the as the whole set. Huh? Fucking hell, yeah. I think that's fans of huh? there is fans of that album there. Yeah, they'll defend it to the hilt and best well, of luck well, to them. Yeah. They, they've made their mind up on it before they heard it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, I like it, but not, there's faults. But uh, yeah, you know, one of my mates was giving off about it so much. He was talking about how the new Blaze Bailey album is 10 times better. I've heard a few people saying that. Yeah. I've heard people say that, yeah. Oh, I can't say I've heard it. It was actually a market for, employee, like, for, yeah. <laughs> for him. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They've had, they had that Maiden show. Yeah, it was, yeah. But that's how it's, this is, next summer will be its third date, will it? Has it been postponed twice? You have tickets, Joe, I presume, yeah? Certainly do, yeah. And I saw um, Dream Theater playing the Odyssey. That seems yeah. like a big step, doesn't it? Oh, mm. they, yeah, they announced that a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw that it's like all seated and the layout is quite uh, like it's not going to be anything like a full capacity kind of layout and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it still seems pretty ambitious. But it's the, I guess they're banking on getting a good lot of from Dublin and everything as well. You want these things like Rush where the people just come out of the woodwork? I, I know, suppose, man, like, you know. I know, yeah. Like I'm just thinking, <laughs> the Slayer and um, Lamb of God and Obituary, the fucking crowds at that gig, like, was just like, where did they all come from? Like, Derry, 
Man, was, 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 there, was there a Belfast leg of that tour? Was no, it just, that, it was, it was just, just our, Dublin. Yeah. Dublin. Yeah. Were you at that age, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think of it? Yeah, it was good, yeah. It was a spectacle. Yeah. It's pretty insane when you consider Slayer had done like couple of nights in the academy not that long before, yeah, which yeah. I know was really small for them and it was probably just and filling it in. it had Anthrax supporting in the academy as well. No, like, that was that was Olympia, actually, was that it? one. But still, like a fraction of the size, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, Tom O'Reilly loved it, though. I mean, I remember him out on stage looking at the crowd so close. Well, he's the just like the happiest man ever anyway, isn't he? He seems to be. He's just happy yeah. to be retiring, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like, this is the last time I have to do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah was, I think yeah. Uh, I was thinking, now, I felt like, um, I think because a lot of um, people that uh, will listen to this and watch this are in Irish bands. And mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering, like, what would you when you're putting on a gig and say if you're um you know bands looking for supports and stuff what would you be looking for from an irish band that's looking for a support or what way would you dish them out almost because i know there's gonna be a lot of people um that are listening to this now that would definitely be be interested in what knowing what way you kind of what you'd be looking for you know in a an yeah. irish band for support i mean you know well apart from them not being shit. Yeah, that's kind of, it's always a good starting point. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, it's nice if you can see some level of professionalism. Mm. I mean, you know, you get some messages like on Facebook and stuff, any chance of a gig, you know, mm. stuff like that. It's like, come on. You can, oh, Jesus, like, I know we're not, we're not talking about like, you know, high executive business here, but at least, I, mean, I I hate to, I don't want to seem up my arse, but, but you'd like to see just a little semblance of professionalism, you know. At least an email and an EPK or something. Yeah, like, yeah. an email, a bit of information on the band and, you know, just, you know, links to music and stuff. And also, you know, don't, some bands apply for shows that they're so obviously not suited to. Mm. Um, I get it. Like, you know, young bands and stuff, they're eager just to get a gig, but, you have to be suited to the to the headline band. Well, you know, other than that, it's not. It's just just be a little bit professional, have some manners. And I know that sounds like I'm getting real yeah, old. Giz, but giz a gig is yeah. It's just you know, learn how to write an email. Yeah, I know I sound old. I sound like I'm speaking to my son now. But it's just some of the stuff you receive. It's like, come on. Like I've only started doing the dead cult stuff recently yeah. and already some of the Instagram messages are fucking gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even so you know, have your just... email to apply for bookings on the, yeah, the bio. It's, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just common sense really. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like everything in life, you want to try and make somewhat of a decent first impression. Mm. And so that's all. I mean, it's like I said, it's not, I'm not sitting in some ivory tower in a three-piece suit and timepiece, you know. But you know what I mean? It's like, come on, it's metal shows. Like, But just like a little bit of... Uh, I suppose the thing is as well, like depending on how green the band is, you don't want a band who are going to just go and start fanboying whoever they're supporting, like going no, off well, that's annoying you know, them, look, like, you know. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, eat, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know... 
you're never really going to score like slots with you know good sized touring bands if you're a really new band and you've barely done any local shows i mean mm-hmm. even if you're brilliant it's probably just not going to happen because I don't want to be worried and having to watch them or telling my yep. guys keep an eye on them that they don't go into the headline dressing room and you know stuff. Yeah, like of that. course, so, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but that's just only fair anyway. You should always have to pay their dues before they're, you know, getting slots. But I mean, it's, it's to be honest, it's it's not that common anyway because so many of the tours are you know package tours now mm-hmm. that there's not that many slots really like. It's mostly if it's like fly-in shows and stuff, you know, where you can add a few locals. I love adding locals when I can, but it needs to, you know, it needs to suit the show and not be an extra layer of hassle because it's going to be an extra layer of hassle. Let's be honest, it's just not worth doing. Of yeah, course, yeah. My mates in Shrapnel were telling me earlier on that they're offered a buy-on for the Warbringer tour of eight, oh, right, eight grand yeah. or something like that. Yeah, eight yeah, grand. <laughs> Is that Chris Unreal. that's come over yeah. to? Yeah. But, um, He's a good guy. It's just, it's mad though how much like now, like especially things like that are annihilator. You know, they want to just pay for everything in advance. We'll get some band on who can pay 500 quid yeah, a night yeah. and then you don't need to worry about paying for the bus, you know? Yep. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, those buy-ons are crazy money just to get a few bunks on the bus and it's it, it, the thing is, bands will still do it. Oh, yeah, local band they'll. But it's nuts in that regard. That, like, and it you, happens regularly. Like mm-hmm. it happens regularly. Yeah, but if you had ten grand, you know, you'd be much better off buying a van and doing all that than just giving tour, it to like, you know John Keevil like, or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah, I just think with a lot of these bands, though, they have probably very short-term aspirations, and mm. to get to do. a you know, proper European tour and do a nightliner tour and all that. Maybe they know in the back of their minds they're only going to do it for a couple of years and at least they can look back and say they did that, you know? Yeah. I think maybe that's the mindset behind it with some of them, you know? There's no big long-term master plan or whatever. Unlike some of those bios you were reading out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just cool you know, maybe just to get to do, even if it's just one tour and a nightliner and, you know, do that, live it up, do the rock and roll thing even once. And I sometimes Something think maybe that's... people in a pub for the next 10 years. Yeah, like. which, you know, look, fuck it. I mean, if, it, if they have fun and if they have the money, then I guess, look, nothing wrong with it. Would there be any Irish bands that you have your eye on at the moment, like, or kind of would be... A regular listener of or excited about? There's a new thrash band, uh, Gamma Bomb, they're called. <laughs> <laughs> Bass players. Great. Yeah. Uh, you, I, I almost heard the fart of relief there, Joe. Fart of relief. Good someone in good. You're in. Well, I frequently tell oh, the guys about this guy. yeah. on the show uh, that, like, whenever we were starting off, man. It seemed like mass extinction were so much more of a sure thing. Like, and we were like, "Man, this is a no-brainer that they're gonna go far," you know. But I think yeah. a lot of the times it's like it can be talent is one thing, but also just you know, join there, you know, right place, right time kind of stuff. Man, they had it going on back then. They were great, brilliant. Yeah, they did really good. Yeah, yeah. It's probably easier to name out a few bands, H, that you were kind of really shocked that they never actually 
went any further, probably just starting with mass extinction. Any other ones come to mind? It's difficult to pick bands random, to be honest, like same with your previous question. And I mean, I have to be honest, I'm nowhere near as clued into the local scene as, say, the boys from Siege would be. Yeah. Simply because they deal with it far yeah, more yeah. often with, you know, the Siege and mm-hmm. what have you, where nearly everything I do is throwing stuff with the odd, just adding a band. Of course, so yeah, yeah. It's not that I don't care or whatever. It's not that. It's just, you know, we're all busy and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Mm. Different to them. But yeah, I suppose, I mean, mass extinction is a huge one if you're talking about that because mm. they, uh, yeah, they really had it going on back then. Gee, you know, they were killer. They just wouldn't um, come over to England. We were like saying, come yeah. and support us on this tour or come and do this gig. And they were like, no, we don't want to. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess. Um, who else? I mean, Warpath had a chance, I think, at one point. Oh, great band, yeah. yeah. Great band. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, look, you know, maybe they're examples of like what I was talking about with these bands that are happy to do that one Nightliner tour. And, you know, maybe like not all these guys are aiming for it to become a career or, mm. you know, to pay the bills or whatever. Of course. Yeah. Fun, and then, of course, everybody grows up a bit and jobs progress. Maybe a kid comes along, whatever, and things fall by the wayside, you know. Um, so you know, I don't like, I don't know. I mean, I can't speak for them, but maybe, like, for example, the mass extinction guys never really had any aspirations to it's, I guess, they didn't because they never, uh, you know, maybe they were happy just to have that fun back then and do all those shows and get to support Nuclear Assault and these different bands that they loved. Because I know I had, I was probably guilty of given them too many shows, but they were just so good back then. Yeah, it was like, yeah. it was just too easy to put them on, you know, any thrash show that had a slot because mm. you knew like they were going to be great. As well, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's just like, maybe they're right. Cause I mean, it's so difficult to make it. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, H you're doing this now. Is it 10 years full time? Uh, full time since 2012 yeah so I mean wow. involved in it since 99 2000 mm. but yeah I, <clears throat> I left my day job in 2012 yeah what was that switch like do you know kind of building up being like fuck am I going to do this is this viable like well, especially it was made easier some kind of yeah uh, it was it was made level, easier like, given that I got redundancy from the job I was in and oh, I'd, fuck him, so. I'd been, uh, you know, I'd been there quite a long time, so I got a decent, I was voluntary redundancy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it was a jump I ever could have taken if I wasn't getting that, because at that stage I already had mortgage and all these different things. Yeah, so yeah. I wasn't a kid. Um, but that gave me a financial safety net. But I was pretty confident I could make it work, you know. DME was growing quite a bit, even back at that stage. Mm-hmm. And obviously it has quite a lot since then. But, you know, yes, it was a risk, but I had that safety net. And at mm-hmm. the time, I had to get out of that day job anyway. It had just run its course. It so, always kind of fell into place in a way. Like. Yeah, and I mean, look, if I had have realized after a year or two it wasn't going to work out, then I wouldn't still be doing it full-time. I would have gotten another job, you know. Yeah. So. Did you find it took like that whole time though, like 10 years pretty much of doing a part-time till you'd 
you know, made all the sort of ins with people like ferry companies and stuff yeah. that you kind of need or backline companies or whatever? It was all right because, I mean, partly because there wasn't as many shows and mm-hmm. there wasn't as big shows and, you know, high maintenance stuff back then in the main. Um, so it was more manageable. Uh, but that was part of why things somewhat came to a head back in 2012 because my day job weren't stupid. They knew I did the gig thing. Yeah. And it was probably, they weren't dumb. They could probably tell I was spending half my day doing DME stuff on the sly, you know? Yeah, so I think they knew. It, was, it was one of those things that suited all parties. But no, it wasn't that difficult for the majority of those years simply because it wasn't such a, I want to say big concern, but you know what I mean. It, it was, it was a smaller thing. It was still some good shows and still some bands that, you know, some decent sized shows and everything, but nowhere near as many. Yeah, um, like in so. some ways, though, man, it was kind of whenever you see things like you know, Dead Darkness or Mysterious Wounds Festival, you could see where people were overreaching, kind of like making those 100%. mistakes, so you didn't have yeah, to kind of look, you know. Yeah, and that's why, like, when Richie asks about the festival thing, it's why I've always kind of steered away from it because, you know, you try, okay, maybe not those ones, but if you tried a big outdoor festival like that, I could undo 20 years. Yeah, very easily. You know? And And some festivals, it's not every year they make it. Like, Knock and Socken, for example, that was 10 years at a year break there, off now but fucking I hope to God they come back yeah, um, yeah they, you have to they often didn't make profit at all yeah. they made loss do you know what I mean like and yeah, one year yeah. they might be in a profit but the next year they're they're down it yeah. really isn't like oh we'll just get loads of bands uh, people no are paying and it's and, done you know, like it's not like that I think, at all yeah I, I, I feel that my longevity is because I am aware of the limits of what can be done here basically mm-hmm. You have to know your market. Like, there's no point in being stupid and just for ego's sake trying to do something crazy yeah. and have this amazing poster festival, all these bands listed, and then you're bankrupt. It's like, what's the point? It is a longevity thing. I think that's, you know, there. You should always be that like that couple ahead of step, couple of steps ahead. Yeah. Or else yeah, you're just you gonna. Just, yeah, you just have to be. I just think you need to be sensible. You know, you have to know the limitations. It's we're not. We're not even the UK, never mind mainland Europe for metal. Mm. It is what it is. You can, you know, I've built pretty decent business and stuff out of it, but I think a lot of that is through knowing what the limits are, you know? Yeah. In saying that, what was your biggest fuck up? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I'm not sure if it was my fuck up. But the worst show ever, I mean, yeah. I presume you mean financially. Um, well, just in, in like, yeah, yeah. Financially or like just what really, if you could just undo, like. I'm not sure if there's anything. I could, there's nothing I can really think of, you know, disaster wise. I think, oh my Christ, what was I doing? Yeah, yeah. But the uh, the Children of Bodom show in Vicar Street, you know, I don't know if you remember the one where Napalm Death were special guests. That was a yeah. disaster. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was a terrible lineup. Who thought Napalm Death suited that, you know? 
Mm. I do love Napalm Death and I'll go see him in Limerick now, but yeah. Oh no, maybe Listen, not with Children of Bodom. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a I love Napalm. I also love yeah. Children of Bodom, but I don't mean mm. anything against either band. I just mean it was a yeah. terrible pairing because but that yeah, that was a clusterfuck because basically the previous show Bodom had had the Monomart supporting, which is unimaginable now, of course, yeah, but yeah. back then. And it had sold out fifteen hundred, no problem. And then I think this was about two years later and Basically, the agent came and like, we're building another big package. We need the same deal in place as the last tour. And I guess it was a fuck up in terms of because at that point, it was a little bit of inexperience on that front on my side because I agreed to it without the package being known. Okay. Which I would never do now. <laughs> yeah. And then the package they came up with was awful. And the show bombed, and there was a lot of fucking money lost on that. Mm. So that's always the one that comes to mind, I suppose. But you know, look, you live and learn. Yeah. They look at you now, like to be fair, like <laughs> yeah, I know. You got this snakes, is, yeah, <laughs> <got> snakes. <laughs> you did, you did everything. Like, take me now. Like. This is just one of ten floors of my building. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't. I'm not, I don't own any of the other floors, but that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing in the others, like. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw um, that plan death. Was it with Carcass in Vicker Street? The was Death that? Crusher thing. Yeah, that was. Yeah, brilliant. that was fucking that was, brilliant. Yeah, obituary as well. It was a killer Look, package. Yeah, it was a killer package, yeah. man. And that's a great venue as well. I really like yeah. Vicker Street. Yeah, it's but great. That that um like. When you kind of look at Vicker Street and Academy and stuff like that, is there always a preference um, for yourself personally? Where where do you think you you find that as the best sound? Best. Uh, I think the sound is good. Easiest to deal with, kind of thing as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be honest, they're all pretty good. I mean, I I really like Vicker Street as a venue, mm. apart from the fact that the stage isn't quite deep enough. Um, yeah which is just one of those, it's an issue when you have a package tour and you have bands trying to fit in front of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not download, like. <laughs> yeah, it's why something like the Behemoth Arch Enemy thing, like you couldn't do that in Vicar Street. They'll have like that much room to actually... <laughs> but I don't know if you remember, or if any of you were at the Amonimart Testament show. Yes, I was at that, yeah. I don't know if you remember, but Hoagland's kit was right up to the lip of the stage. That's it was ridiculous. Kit and the, too, the, like... the four guys, you know, in the band... There was like two on each side, Chuck That's and right, Eric, or whatever, yeah. on one side of the kit and the other two, and they couldn't cross over. Because... So he's pretty much a, the 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 fucking frontman at that stage. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. That, yeah. that's yeah. just yeah. a bit yeah. of an issue with Vicker Street. Example, but actually, anyway, yeah. I'm just yeah. getting I'm getting finicky there. But no, no, no. Vicker no, Street's I mean, a, yeah, it's a gorgeous venue. But uh, yeah, you know, Academy's great. Um, to be honest, I've good relations with all of them. Um, hmm. I presume there's a couple uh, of venues that don't do it anymore. Like, do you remember? I saw Motorhead in the indoor RDS once, like, you know, it was a big, horrible, boomy yeah. box full of pillars. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there hasn't been anything in there in a long time. I, I looked into it once or twice, but, yeah, it doesn't seem really suited. Um, I remember that Motorhead thing. I think I saw Soundgarden there, too, that thing with White Zombie and that. Oh, unreal. Was that a stun stroke? They did do one in Dublin in 96 and one there, didn't they? Um, yeah, it was a sunstroke. Yeah, it was it white. Was a sunstroke, it was Soundgarden, yeah. a white zombie, and a few other ones. I remember because I lost my wallet at it. 
So that was Danny's. No, that was it was indoor in that room in the ODS that Joe was talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, because I, I remember another sunstroke at Daily Mount with Fit No More, I think, yeah. and a few other bands. Yeah, and of course, UDS effects as well. That's gone. Yeah. That was great, man. Jeez, so, you, so uh, I was going to ask you, H, what was your McGonagall's. first gig as a, as a youngster? Was it Metallica in there or what? Uh, no, my, the first band I saw was Primordial, actually, but it was, you know, in the demo days, like in the Fox and Fizz and Pub, like <laughs> when Alan had lovely flowing red locks and would come out with his candle. Dark romanticism. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> the first... Uh, the first proper concert I went to was the Megadeth Pantera one cool. on the counter. I've heard a load of people telling us that the Point Depot was sort of half full for it or empty or it was uh, Megadeth for Pantera. Which one? Yeah, that was it was half empty. Yeah. What year are we talking here? Uh, I'm town was ninety two. Um, I wasn't even it was born. Ninety two because <laughs> that was uh, that was September. You, did you say you weren't even born? No, I wasn't born. No. Oh, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> I hate being old. But uh, yeah, because um, well, that you was look great, man. Don't worry. Oh, thanks. <laughs> that's that's why I have the dim lighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was uh, that was September ninety two, and then Metallica was the following month. So they were on the Black Album, of course. They yeah, were they my probably first didn't two, have too much bother filling know. the point. No, funnily <laughs> enough, no, they didn't. But uh, yeah, and I, my first one was um, in Dublin anyway. It was Megadeth and Alice in Chains, which is the Rust and oh, Peace tour. And that was a year yeah. before. That was ninety one, wasn't that it? That was fucking full. It was ninety one. Yeah, ninety nine. That's what I was thinking. Is the, right, the Philip right for Was it a decent turnout? That was jammed. It was jammed. Yeah, yeah. The Almighty started. It started. Kicked off proceedings. I, I cut the arse into them and then Alison Chains and then Megadeth. So Megadeth were here two years in a row then? That's what I'm wondering there about the dates. That, Would that, that be right? Yeah, but... Well, didn't Metallica do two years in a row? 88 and 92. Uh, did, they, did they do... It's just that Dublin show on Rust in Peace must have been right at the end of the tour then, and then they must have gone straight to recording Countdown. And... Yeah, it must have been. Because yeah. I know definitely that was September 92 that I saw them on the Countdown tour with Pantera support. Were you at that one? No. It's like Megadeth came so many times to Ireland, it was just impossible. I always remember that day, like I was, what was it, 15, Pantera did a signing in Virgin Megastore (laughs) on the day of the show, and I went and got my vulgar cassette signed by them all and everything. Jesus Christ. Deadly. Man, nice. and of course, like you weren't pissed, so you could remember. No, this was the thing. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't because I didn't drink at that stage, but it's still a blur, though. I mean, these things, the adrenaline just. Yeah. Yeah, it takes over. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I find even a lot of things like that from years ago. I can't, I, I may as well have been shit faced because I just yeah. think the, the adrenaline <laughs> must have just completely taken over and they're just a blur bar, little moments of clarity. Which is basically exactly like being drunk, isn't it? You just yeah. remember the smells, loads of like farts yeah. and like pantan. Yeah. And exactly. You could the smoke. White, white boot runners and yeah. <laughs> Fucking pantan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Anthrax went through good spell and Slayer, they all played the SFX, like just fucking tiny. Like. Yeah, it was about 1200. Remember when Anthrax went through that lean period, Joe? I think, um, what's his name? Joined them. John Bush. John Bush, what a singer, yeah. man. Fucking awesome. They played on the SFX on that tour, on the Stomp mm, tour. Yeah. 
I yeah, didn't see that, that, but I would yeah. assume that that wasn't a great turnout around then. Yeah, I was at it, but I can't remember how great the turnout was. But I used to go to everything in the SFX back then. I didn't even mm. care if I liked the band, really. It was just... Just to go, like... Yeah, cause yeah. Back then, tickets like a tenner or something, you know? Plus Slayer, Tool, and Megadeth all in one month there, and I think 2001 or something like that. Yeah. Mad. Was that was that the Slayer with Machine Head and Meshuga supporting? It was Meshuga. I don't, I don't remember if it was Machine Head, was it? Yeah, it was, they were on the bill as well. A lot of joints between was now and it then. In, it wasn't in Dublin with Machine Head where the the desk got like fucking beer poured all over it there a few years ago. On the Burn My Eyes tour? Was, yeah, the 25th anniversary no, one. Was, was in, it Dublin uh, or was London it in and Brixton Academy. London, that was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were playing Dublin the next day and they were getting fucking shit-faced and fibbers after it. Like... <laughs> Chris Contos, the amount of pictures I've seen him in with mates of mine, like he seems like the fucking nicest dude. Like, yeah, he comes across really well. What was the place, H, that shut down there only lately? The last gig that was there was oh, Ministry. Tivoli. Tivoli. Ah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was a damn shame. I only got my foot in the door and then there was approval given for the... Uh, for the planning permission for the so what it was they doing with that age what like what are they take a guess fucking flats. hotel or flats or yeah yeah did but, you ever experience much snobbery from venues hitch people saying we don't want metalers in here no honestly not um to be honest like all the venues always have such good things to say you know they always i mean i've good relationships with them and just roll in do everything and no problems. Um, and and then it's dealt they, with they always say, as well, it shouldn't, shouldn't yeah, matter. That, like, that's from my point of view, but even like yeah. from the venue's point of view for the show itself, no, they all love it. You know, they say the bars are always strong because, of course, a good drinking yep. crowd and never any trouble. You know, they, they all say the same thing that they have far more trouble with, you know, I don't know what way to describe it, but just normal shows. Yeah. You know, that, um, no, they're always they're all really always really positive about it, you know. Cool. Yeah. I was just thinking there um, with the Tivoli. I was at a very famous show there, and it was with Jeff Buckley. Oh wow! Yeah. What? Yeah, I saw him. In the <laughs> Sorry, you might oh, be able to hear you... my dog snoring through the. I did actually. Yeah. I thought did you heard that. To be honest, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> no. oh, that's so cute. It's my it's my yeah. snoring pug. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> We were swapping dogs. So my dog, fucking Sarah, was licking her ass there a few minutes ago. I was nearly going to do this. Like, oh. Jesus Christ. Of course, she's a as well. Like. What's the yeah. name, Hedge? Uh, this is Arnie. 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 Brilliant. Yeah, named, after, named after the great man. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should definitely yeah. do like a Metal Cell podcast. Like, get animals, people on that oh have, my god, that yeah. oh have, my like, god, their dogs yep. and just talk about fucking, and, yep. and any animal, man, any animal ever. Like, Jesus Christ, We're, yeah, Tivoli was awesome, though. It was a shame to lose it so quickly. Um, that, that only basically pretty much only had it for a year. I don't nice. think I actually even got to go. To a gig, did I? No, but yeah, I, I just re- like I don't even remember hearing it really kind of was sold. But you'd, I just realized now I haven't seen anything announced there for a good while now. Yeah, right, you know? Tesseract was the last show, mm. correct? Um, You're right, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've got to do some cool shows there, Black Label and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, Cannibal, Sepultura, a few other things. So mm. it was a good year, actually. 
but uh, yeah, it was. A I think, I, yeah, I think after the ministry, but you would only like four or five weeks after that, was it? Uh, it was a bit longer than that because I think the ministry was show was August, and we got till the end of that year. Tesseract was December, which was was it really? Okay, yeah. Jesus. Hmm. Maybe yeah. it was just after the ministry or something like that. That news broke without that. It we could have been. There also wasn't gone. much after ministry. The first part of the year up to August, I had a lot of stuff there, and then it kind of quietened down. I think maybe I started booking stuff elsewhere because I was a little bit worried in case that happened earlier. Yeah, or whatever. So how Al is still alive and touring is fucking beyond belief. Like. Yeah. Fuck me, what a legend. Like, Jesus still, Christ. He's still milking that cash cow. Yeah. I, th- I think um, I think they're coming again next year. Is it ministry or they're touring again next year? Well, they're headlining that damnation and the, when it's moved to Manchester. That's it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I got tickets for that yeah, for next year. When is you damnation look- again? That's November. You looking forward to it, Joe? Yeah, man. Be good day, finally. I'm trying to, as I said, blow the cobwebs off, but... Like they, they definitely beefed up the lineup, so there's a whole bunch for me. It's like Onslaught and Evile and yeah, they you know, other great they, bands they like they replaced a lot of bands with so. low English bands, didn't they? Yeah, so um, it'll be a right old piss up yeah. and then very sore heads and the drive down to London warm, the next day. Warm cans of Chuborg. <laughs> yeah. oh, and then down to like... London for warm cans of Red Stripe. I <laughs> 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 don't know fucking nothing about beer over there. I'm afraid, well, I don't know it? if it's changed, but I went to Damnation once and that's what they were selling behind the bar was unrefrigerated cans of Chuborg. It's oh, horrific. Yeah. Oh, I'll just fucking get sick. I will nasty, I just get sick. Like. Nasty. We got banned from, uh, there's a venue called Satan's Hollow in Manchester yeah, they banned us from going back because they gave us uh, two slabs of warm cans of Budweiser we didn't want them so we were just giving out free cans you know with t-shirts yeah. at the merch stand and stuff and they gave us a load of shade oh, really? out of it and naughty naughty yeah. <laughs> you were over in Sonosphere Danielle wasn't it in 2011 2011 yeah it was my first festival yeah. yeah so the only drinks you could get there was cider and Tuborg yeah, I didn't didn't matter Horrific. didn't matter too much to me because I bought three dishes of vodka. So, Glastonbury's <laughs> the same. Glastonbury, it's all two Borg. So, like, you never see anyone drinking it for a carryout. This is how you, the company's still in. Must be selling it for five p a pint or something. <laughs> yeah, fuck's sake. That's yeah, they rough. used to do like two fifty pints of two Borg in the pump house in Kilkenny on a Friday. Jesus Christ, I drink a lot of two Borg. Like. Seems to be associated with metal crowds for some reason, yeah. and fucking absolute scumbags. So does it does it sponsor um does it sponsor the siege? Is there something with Tuberg and the siege, or am I just making that up? I think everyone's just hammered. <laughs> thought it was something else. I thought it was some other beer. I don't think that. No, I don't. The siege doesn't actually have any sponsor, does it? No, I don't think so. But um, Tuberg was prominent there. All right, yeah. uh, you're right. It's just yeah. cheap. It's probably okay if you can get it cold on tap. Yeah. I mean, it's a big beer in Norway, isn't it? Yeah. To be honest, if it's a lot of beers, if it's nice and cold, yeah, it's it'll be fine. Like, horrible, but yeah. When you're drinking anything warm, there's a very select amount of things you that are okay. The, like do the taste test, the blindfold, yeah, mm. and you have like you have three pints, and then they give you a pint of Guinness, pint of Fosters, and something else. And swear to God, if it's cold enough, you honestly. It all just goes out the window. You can't taste it. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You're just fueling up, like. 
That's all it is. You, are you interested in getting that new nitro thing, Joe, for Guinness? Did you the see nitro that? Surge. Yeah, what's that no, all about? I've seen a few people pictures of it. I've got one of the surgery yokes. So do? basically, like what it is, is like it's a jewelry cleaner and it fucking does micro vibrations. You like basically, Guinness have one that's 50 quid by this little jewelry cleaner thing and you sit your uh, pint in it. Don't and, fill it up fully, though. You leave a tiny little bit at the top. Yeah, at the empty, top. Like. But like you know, it's just sort of. And what, you, like it's you just have, supposed you're supposed to, to buy activate... you know, the, uh, the surger cans, which are three quid a can, and yeah, if you just get a normal can again, it's and let it go flat. That does the same thing. Right. But how do you mean a jewelry cleaner? What do you mean about that? So a, a jewelry cleaner s- sends like micro vibrations through the jewelry to clean it, and oh the Guinness surger is exactly the same thing, but it's all that's why Joe's gold chains are always fucking <laughs> gleaming, <right? Sparkly. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mr. T gear. Yeah, yeah. Oh, last when I was down there, it was just like he'll he'll talk to people. Then he walks in the next room and just puts the fucking BA Baracus everything on. Like, Add more. There's Joe on more. screen and there's Joe off screen. Like uh, whenever England got beaten penalties, Evan knocked over an entire table again us as well. Fucking so, yeah, and I'll bollocks. say this, you know, hey, hey, wasn't just me. It was mainly me, but like <laughs> it was the All best. The people in the pub were singing Guinness. just one more Conetto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember because that was what like the third day in the trot, and I was like, do you know what? I'll go down with the lads now, have a few pints. Do you know, I'm not gonna go, not gonna go mad. Um, had one sip of, and like Joe was telling me, like on the way down when we were driving down, just being like, this is. The this is a Nori now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, this is the best point to Guinness you're ever going to have. And I was like, yeah, cool. Like, whatever. Like, I had one sip and we were doing rounds. But sure, I was like, up, like, I had my pint gone and the lads had like half a pint left. So I was just like, old lads. I'll just, no? I'll just buy another one there. <laughs> <laughs> and sure, I fucking shaved my head that night. And well, at first I had a unicorn thing. Like, that's how good the fucking points were. Like, <laughs> these young fellas, Joe. Yeah, keep calling. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally happy with being called young. That's absolutely fine with me. <laughs> I'm still yeah. 29 because of the pandemic. I'm not 31. Like, <laughs> not at all. Hey, I missed out on my 50s, which will be celebrated in Berlin. We're all going bare H. Yeah. <laughs> 50, are you? Yeah, there's a... a you look 60. A, <laughs> oh, you look fresh for 60. 50. <laughs> Fuck's sake, feel 60. Yeah. But yeah, there's a trash festival over in Berlin um, in when? Is it January the 20th 22nd, yeah. Yeah, Tanker, Sodom, yeah. all those bands. So if you're not doing anything, you can join the party, man. Sodom, Legion of the Damned, Tankard, Heather, uh, Heathen, uh, Suicidal Angels, AOK, and Moo. Moo. There you go. Moo. I don't know who they are. Oh, you oh. got the ticket now? Yeah, I got my ticket as well. I wasn't shit-talking you that night. Like, me and Joe bought them <laughs> in front of you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then two, two weeks later, we have Turnstile. Mm. Um, H, if you get off for Turnstile, please put them on in Ireland. I'll, I'll do what I got to do. Like, <laughs> Sadly, that stuff never seems to do well here. Oh, fuck. <laughs> doesn't, though, does it? I, I, like, I'll buy them all. I'll buy all the tickets. Yeah. I'll play yeah, just for I've me. I've heard like. that before from people. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we can't, and no. we don't want to clone you, Evan. So. Yeah. Oh, no, you, Jesus Christ, the world's not ready for another me, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to finish it up, lads. Thanks a million for coming on the show, H. Fair yeah, play no problem. Legend, man. Yeah. And best of luck with all the gigs for the coming 
few months anyway. Hopefully, Thanks. be yes. more positive. Busy, busy than... times ahead. Hopefully, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> Okay. <coughs> a lot of admin Cheers. stuff for you now. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, lads. Thank right. you. See ya.